The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Yeah, Regina and Mick are both uh, back with me for another edition of Common Ground. Regina, of course, is a Finnegan senator, and Mick Barry is Socialist TD for Cork North Central. He's a member of the Oireachtas Finance Committee. Uh, this week, we are talking about billionaires and whether we should allow people to become billionaires in this country. Should we allow the conditions for it to happen? Should we tax them out of existence? Well, our reporter, Heather Laurie, has been out and about asking people those very questions. Oh gosh, definitely not. Yeah, I don't I don't think anyone should have that much money. Yeah, because if you don't, then you, like, there's no goals to achieve. It is a capitalist economy, so you're going to need money somehow. So if there is a goal there, whether it be a millionaire or a billionaire, there it's going to be a goal there, so... Do you know, it's so far away from my personal experience, I can't even answer the question. People are saying, because Taylor Swift's about to become a billionaire, and they don't know if they want to support her anymore, because then they're being a hypocrite. They're like, oh, like, Elon Musk's a millionaire, they don't like him. No, billionaire, sorry. Yeah, like, the thing is, like, is it ethical or is it unethical is a very good question, because, like, you know, technically they did earn the money, but, like, it's a lot of money for one person to hold. I think if they've made their money, go for it. Yeah, why not? I mean... Gosh, I think if you're most people who are billionaires have, you know, probably worked hard or created something, you know, so why not get a bit of reward for that? Yeah, just some of the views of people on the street speaking to our reporter, Heather Laurie. As I say, Regina Doherty and Mick Barry are both with me. Uh, Mick, do you think the number of billionaires in our society is a good thing, reflective of a, of, of a healthy economy and a thriving economy? I think if we look at it uh, globally, Um, people will probably look back um, in future times and say that was a crazy world that they had back uh, when the world was capitalist in the 2020s. Uh, The historians will tell people that the richest 10% owned 76% of the wealth while the bottom 50% had only 2%. And the people at the very top of that triangle, if you like, were the billionaires. That they had um, doubled their income uh, during two years of a, a pandemic, uh, the, 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 the richest 10 of them. That one of them, a man called Jeff Bezos, who owned uh, Amazon um, in 2022, was making 150,000 US dollars per minute. And his companion, I don't know if he's his companion, but Elon Musk was making $230,000 uh, per minute in the first quarter of 2022. And then when they focus in on the map and they look at little old Ireland, they'll see that Ireland had nine or ten billionaires, depend on who you, you're talking to. And between them, they had 50 billion euro, which would be enough wealth to build 200,000 houses. And yet they were in the middle of a massive housing crisis. So now I think the way in which wealth is skewed in the world, particularly when you talk about billionaires, is madness, capitalist madness. What should we do about this capitalist madness, Regina? So first of all, I think what's interesting when I was researching this is that per capita, um, Ireland has the fifth largest amount of billionaires in the world, which really surprises me because we, I'm to be honest with you, sick to the back teeth of listening to people on the left telling me what a kip this country is, when in actual fact it's obviously thriving. Um, and that's not to say that we don't have a lot of ills. Um, but we certainly have the benefits of having a free 
uh, market and a free um, and encouraging enterprising system uh, at the root of government and it's not started by Fine Gael the last number of years it was started nearly generations ago by the then Fianna Fáil ministers who fostered enterprise and encouraged people um, and tried to give an equality of opportunity to people who had good ideas and so when you look at some of the wealthiest people uh, in Ireland at the moment some of them are obviously old money and have had it for years and then you look at the second wealthiest people in Ireland are the Collison brothers who are two young geniuses and were geniuses from before, you know, they even should have left secondary school. And that kind of enterprise is hugely rewarding. I mean, you look at the employment that Stripe has provided in Ireland uh, over a number of years and will continue to do so for many years. It's a good thing, right? But there is a but. There's only so much money that any one person or any one organisation can spend or invest or enjoy or whatever you want to call it. And so I actually agree with Mick. The distribution of wealth in the world is kind of ass about face. It's it's totally skewways. When we have people who are sitting on billions of euros that they're never ever going to spend and can't reinvest fast enough to create billions more, although some of their money just makes money themselves. Mm. And we have people dying in the Horn of Africa or we have, you know, major diseases that can't be, you know, uh, fixed in different parts of the world. Even down to the fact that we have, you know, dep- deprivation uh, in Ireland that could be helped by solidarity of those people who live here, then there is something that's okay. wrong. So, okay, so that we we have found some common ground then in terms yeah. of, uh, in terms of the 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 in unequal distribution of wealth uh, in society. I, I suspect we might uh, diverge though when it comes to. The redistribution of that wealth, Nick. I, you'd be more in favour of upending the entire capitalist system. Is that fair? It is fair. Um, a lot of people will say, uh, "Let's have um, a tax on wealth, mm. uh, and let's have a tax on billionaire wealth, uh, and let's spread it out uh, more evenly." Uh, and I would strongly support uh, the idea of wealth taxes uh, and of redistribution of wealth. There is a difficulty with that, if that is your sole strategy. Uh, And the difficulty is um, that billionaires are very powerful people and billionaires are people who like their wealth very much. Uh, So while they might be prepared to accept a tap on the wrist in terms of wealth taxes, Mm. um, the bigger, the stronger, the harder you go with your wealth taxes, the more likely that they are to say, right, that's... Us, we're off, we're gone, we're, sh- we're, we're clicking a button and we're switching our wealth around. Which, okay. which basically points to two things and I'll, I'll make these points very briefly. Yeah. First of all, if you're going to tackle the billionaires, you need to do it on an international basis. And second of all, um, when you go beyond that tipping point on the wealth taxes and you're faced with the choice of backing down in front of blackmail, we'll withdraw our, our money, or saying, no, we'll go further, we'll seize your wealth through nationalisations and put it at the service of society. You have to be prepared to go all the way. Mm. We really have common ground. There must be something in the, the air for 2023. My God. Um, Mick is right. The problem is, is that and I, I, when I got told the topic with this week, I went for a walk with my husband and we literally came to blows over this, right? Because my husband's argument was, was that even if you had a wealth tax of only 1%, which is tiny, right? It would yield probably something um, in the region of about eight, 900 million euros in Ireland alone. The problem is, is that half of the list of 16 mil- billionaires don't live in the country. They're not tax residents, so therefore we couldn't tax them. And the ones that are left that particularly potentially we could tax, you know, would take their 30 billion that we could tax them by a yacht and so therefore they don't actually have uh, the cash in the bank to tax them. So Mick is right, if you're going to do something it has to be done at an OECD level or mm-hmm. some sort of an international level and there has to be solidarity from all of us. Um, and then you get to the argument of what do you spend the money on. So, you know, 
the solidarity for me needs to take a look at the areas that maybe the state are not actually doing it. And some of our billionaires are really are generous in, in one way and they do already give huge money philanthropy for, for, for philanthropy. And so for argument's sake, if I'm allowed to pick one of them, and I only know this from my years in the Department of Social Welfare, um, Dermot Desmond is a particularly generous man. Um, but you could probably go down through the whole list of finding other generosities, you know, with, between the Collison brothers and the Galen family and, you know, J.P. McManus and Magner. They probably do all in some way, shape or form give back, but nothing close to the what would be 1% of a tax if there was a wealth tax. Dermot Desmond's finances um, for women that maybe have had babies earlier in life that they might have planned to, to get back into education, to make sure that they're supported you know, through finances and through childcare and stuff like that to make sure that they do get the equality of opportunity in education that others, you know, might take for granted. It's really, really sincere. He really has a passion for it, you know, and it's really, really good. Does it account for the 1% of the 2 billion that he has? Maybe, maybe not. But his heart's in the right place. And so I think rather than a tax, if we could have something, you know, like the Ireland Thinks model, you know, that looks at encouraging people to, you know, to finance the areas where they're either interested in so that we can enhance them. And sometimes that might be the arts or sometimes it might be racing. But actually, more importantly, maybe to look at some of the disadvantage that we have in, co- in the country and show how life could be better mm. if opportunities were more equal Is that not a kind of charity washing? You know, that these billionaires, and I don't want to name names, but there's kind of very well-known and well-regarded billionaires who give huge amounts of money to sport and actually if they were just bloody well tax resident here we'd all have much more money to spend. I know, spend. Yeah, probably. I don't know whether it's charity washing and I actually, I don't know whether Make would agree with me or not. To my mind, giving the money, you know, on a particular project basis to be managed by NGOs is far more effective, efficient and fast and gets to the source of, you know, people's need than if you brought it back to the state. And so I'm not suggesting, you know, that if we had the tax we just give it to the state and put it into housing or health because we know sometimes those kind of holes don't necessarily yield yeah, okay. some of the response or the results that we would like. But there are definitely some, you know, en- en- enormously powerful organisations in Ireland that do rely on philanthropic money to make sure that they do have an impact. So fa- foster, that, foster that kind of a spirit of philanthropy that exists maybe in other countries more than it does here. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Mick? Uh, yeah, well, what I'd say is that uh, I, I'm not looking to the OECD to sort this, uh, by the way. I'm looking to something like what we saw back in 2003 when you had the protest against the Iraq war where you had tens of millions on the streets in, you know, 100 countries yeah. across and the world. And of course world. they stopped the Iraq war. Did, it, it, it didn't go far enough. Uh, this, the protest needed to be bigger and there needed to be strikes involved as mm. well. Uh, but something like that on a bigger scale. But I think there's an interesting question um, as to whether um, in the medium to long term here, Uh, the idea of a democratic society is compatible with billionaire rule because um, the the idea of one person having more wealth than millions or tens of millions of people doesn't sit very well with the basic core ideas of democracy. Now, in the United States, the billionaires tended to support Donald Trump and we know what happened in the United States two years ago. In Brazil, the vast bulk of the billionaires would be people who would be supporting Bolsonaro and we saw the pictures on our TV screen uh, this week. Ireland may have the fifth highest number of billionaires, but the country with the highest number of billionaires in the world is actually a capitalist dictatorship, and that is that is China. And I think increasingly we will see, as the years go by, the idea of uh, a capitalist society with billionaires at the top really rubs up against 
and isn't really compatible with the idea of a genuinely democratic okay. uh, system. Just, final, final word then to Regina. Yeah, well just yeah. to shine a light on what Mick said is because he's trying to infer that money obviously is the, the, the sole root of, you know, the evil of, of politics or, or governments. What was interesting reading the last couple of days is that the unions in the UK were the largest contributors uh, to Labour politicians than anybody else in the United Kingdom. I think anybody with money, whether it's a union coming from a Labour perspective or a socialist perspective or whether it's a big business such as the Galen family or the Collison brothers, shouldn't have any more access, shouldn't have any more access to people who make the decisions to provide a decent democracy and a decent standard of living on behalf of the people in any country. And so therefore, they shouldn't have the same access. Um, But unfortunately, big money, whether it comes from unions or whether it comes from business, does tend in certain countries that don't don't have as, you know, a strong a mandate maybe as some of the democracies that we appreciate and and are afforded, uh, particularly in Ireland and across Europe. I have to say that I would disagree with that uh, point of view because traditionally in Britain, of course, the billionaires, the millionaires and the wealthy classes in general have a party which they have funded, which has been uh, the British Conservative Party, the Tory party, uh, which has, whatever else you might say about it, uh, fought very well and skillfully for the interests of that particular class. And when working people organised and formed unions, they felt that they wouldn't be at the races unless they had their own party to be a voice and to represent them, which is why the unions... Uh, traditionally have donated to the Labour Party. The problem now is that the Labour Party no longer supports uh, the interests of uh, working people. I, I find it is, fascinating is, is buying that you can actually square the, market. the circle if, when if, it suits you and you if, don't if, like if, the circle when it doesn't no, suit you. The basic point is this. Can I ask you a particular that, question then? Go on. The, the amount of money that was given by the two largest unions in the United Kingdom to fight the leadership race in the Labour Party, do you think that that's actually not trying to influence the outcome of politics? And you I, think that that's okay? Because on that basis, then you could take any other list of our billionaires and say that if... No, you can't do it in Ireland, obviously, because we have, thankfully, rules that don't allow you to take money. Uh, but if we didn't, do you think it's okay for big business to give to the Tory party in the UK? But it's it's okay... And actually, I'm assuming your answer would be no. But it's okay for the unions to give massive amounts. Like three quarters of a million euros they gave to one lady who was competing in the, in the ladyship against Keir Starmer. I think that's mad. Absolutely bonkers. I think the billionaires and the millionaires have always had their traditional political parties which they've bankrolled to represent their interest in Parliament and in society. I think there's nothing wrong with working people organising and if that organising involves unions, that's fair enough, and helping to fund uh, politicians and parties that will represent their interest and their voice. The problem in the UK... I think you'd have a much The problem in the UK, UK, and I am going to finish my point this time, uh, is that the Labour Party is not representing the interests of working people as shown by the refusal of Keir Starmer to support the likes of the nurses and the railway workers who enjoy massive public support who are standing up for pay increases and for uh, uh, defending workers' uh, uh, living standards. So maybe working people in Britain need a, a, a new party, uh, a new party of the left to represent I think uh, what's absolutely clear, Mick, is, is that every country needs the kind of rules that we have in this com- in, in, in our country and we're lucky enough to have them so that nobody can see or bear the influence of the United uh, or the unions in the UK or even any wealthy person in the UK to influence whether it's Tories or the Labour Party or the Lib Dems. We should have the same system across Europe as we have in Ireland. All right. On that note, we had, we had found common ground. We seem to have uh, lost it again towards the end there. Uh, Regina Doherty, Finnegan Senator, Mick Barry, Socialist TD for Cork North Central. Thank you both very much. Uh, the Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.